Welcome back to the pod, people. I am still your host, Lennon. How are you? I hope you're well. I hope you're doing great. Um, for me, today is a Tuesday, um, and it is pretty nice outside. So I hope you all are having a lovely day. Um, it is officially the first episode of the pod. Uh, and I wanted to start off with something that made sense to sort of set the basis for everything going forward. Um, so something that I've been thinking about a lot is this whole de-influencing trend that's going around, mainly TikTok, because I feel like that is the main form of social media that all, all of us are consuming on a daily basis. Um, de-influencing your life is what it's being called on the internet. So I wanted to talk a bit about that, a bit about why it's necessary, um, and a bit about why I feel like it is important, but how it also kind of spirals into this weird trend of being trendy. <laughs> it's weird. Um, it becomes this intersection of de-influencing your life, but then also turning it into becoming the influencer. Um, creates a really weird thing where on the internet you can sell anything and you can make something you can make nothing into into something. Making de-influencing into a career of sorts is a really weird concept because it kind of negates your whole point in the first place. So let's talk about why de-influencing is important in the first place, right? So the internet, as we know, is incredibly vast to its own fault. Um, a lot of what I'm going to be talking about is going to be about TikTok because I feel like TikTok has in legitimately altered our brain chemistries in such a way that it is almost irreversible. And that is such a big topic of conversation that we have to get into that another time. <laughs> but TikTok is sort of right now the nexus for everything um, in mostly everyone's lives because if you're not on TikTok, you're consuming some form of media that does stem from TikTok these days, you know, Instagram reels, a lot of those come from TikTok. Um, you know, new trends, new songs, new fashion, like all of that is now just spewing out of TikTok. Um, and TikTok has this really sort of weird instantaneous thing that YouTube didn't have. Because um, I feel like YouTube was the previous sort of nexus for everything. Um, but YouTube wasn't instant you couldn't see things coming in real time in the way you can on tiktok in a sense um if youtube was if you ended up on somebody's for you page on youtube uh, i wasn't called a for you page but like in somebody's recommended you wouldn't know that um and you probably would never know it on youtube right because this person probably would just become a subscriber to you and maybe follow you on socials and then probably watch your videos but you would have no idea that they're watching your videos right maybe they leave a comment but then they get lost in a sea of comments on tiktok it is much more everything is instantaneous everything happens so quickly you can see interactment in interactions <laughs> you can see interactions so much more readily than you could have on youtube there's this really really odd experience that is so specific to tiktok and that's why it makes it this really insane outlier so as somebody who is chronically online, A, because it's something that I I guess I enjoy, um, that's a different topic to, di to dissect on its own, um, but B, it's something that genuinely fascinates me to see how quickly trends come and go, to see how quickly we move on as an audience. Um, that's, you know, a massive part of the podcast, right? But talking about 
specifically de-influencing and why it's even become a thing is because influencing has become so easy. You know, aside from influencers being paid copious amounts of money to do ads or product placement or what, what have you, right? And maybe not disclosing that they're doing an ad or it is a brand placement, even though they're supposed to. We all know that, right? I'm talking about something completely sort of unrelated to that. People on TikTok specifically, again, who are influencers, but not in the traditional way that we're thinking about influencers. So let's take beauty influencers from YouTube days for our perfect example of what like a traditional influencer might look like. Um, somebody I used to watch all the time is Manny MUA. I don't know if you guys know who that is, but he was a makeup YouTuber back in maybe 2015, 2016, when he was at his peak. And if I remember correctly, he would do brand deals or ads with certain brands. So let's say Morphe was coming out with a new makeup palette. They would get it early. They would do a video on it early. And then when it released, they would have a code where they would make commission off that code. Um, and they would pretty much be paid to advertise that product and then get paid for the commission made on every person that used their code after the fact, right? So in a traditional sense, that's influencing. You're kind of prompting people to buy something that otherwise they may not would have went out and bought themselves. Um, and that's a really powerful way to influence, you know, promotion codes, using it yourself, um, having it in advance and making it seem like it's exclusive, like all of these ways influencers got us to buy things back before TikTok became in existence. Um, but now you sort of see this weird blurred reality of am I being influenced? Because I really can't tell anymore. So the perfect example I think of when I think of this is I don't really know. I don't know her TikTok and I don't really think I want to say her TikTok, you know, just because I, this isn't hateful at all. I love this girl's TikTok. She is in a sorority and she pretty much just makes get ready with me's and get unready with me's if I remember correctly. And her life is very, her videos are just full of things, right? They're full of like a bunch of skincare, different kinds of athletic wear, if I remember correctly, like lots of Lululemon. Um, she wears like the Ugg slipper booties. Are they? No, they're the Ugg slippers. You guys know which ones I'm talking about. I'm literally wearing them right now. But the ones that are super trendy and were sold out for a while, right? And these sort of placements of just things, making them look pretty and making them look like abundant, something that you sort of need in order to be like this person without at all saying that. If I, none of her videos have audio, like she's not talking in them. It's literally just clips of her getting ready for the day in pretty much silence. So this sort of influencing where you're watching somebody live their life in a way that feels attainable to you, but a lifestyle that feels more abundant and feels more luxury, let's say. So you go out of your way and say, oh, that drunk elephant moisturizer looks really cool and she uses it every single day. I'm going to go buy it myself. And oh, she's wearing the Ugg slippers and she makes them look really cute. I'm going to buy myself a pair, right? And then before you know it, those things are sold out online because everybody's thinking the same thing because everybody was influenced. And how odd is that when no words are being said?
it's this sort of thing where TikTok has so much power. And a lot of that power comes from its comment section. Um, and it's really hard to describe to an older person, for example, who experienced the boom of YouTube, how TikTok is any different. Um, and obviously, because it's in shorter spurts, it's probably much easier to produce content on TikTok than it was on YouTube because it doesn't have to be over edited and, you know, overproduced the way it used to be on YouTube. And again, it's much more instant. Um, but for us who are living through it and have kind of been with TikTok since its beginning and did live through YouTube, we feel us as a generation that there is this massive difference and it's like it's palatable you can absolutely feel the difference if you were like in a youtube era um, and you experience that era now coming into the new age of tiktok it's vastly different because it moves way faster um, and it's much more easier to be influenced right so again that is a perfect example you're watching somebody's life and going this looks incredible obviously because they're editing it and making it look incredible and they have these things which are attainable in my life. So I'm going to buy these things and maybe my life will be just like theirs. You're being influenced without realizing you're being influenced. It's kind of a really weird game to play because I want to say most of the time these influencers know that they're doing it, right? They're selling us something so that we want to keep watching them. We want to keep seeing them live that luxury life and maybe have the same product they have and go, we're where you know we can relate because we have the same things i think another perfect example of this um on a grander scale right is nepo babies i'm not going to go into this because it's probably going to be its own podcast episode but think of how often you've you know loved the celebrity because they've seemed so relatable and you're like oh they're so down to earth and you know they they just seem so normal and they you know use normal things and do normal things and then you find out they're a nepo baby and realize you have absolutely nothing in common. They were just kind of selling you this dream the whole time um, in order for you to want to engage with them online or engage with what they're selling you, engage with what they're making. So it's just this really interesting thing being influenced m almost mindlessly um, because I don't think these influencers have to try very hard to get their audience to want to buy things. They just have to make it look good make it look pretty, make it feel luxury in a sense, and their audience will likely engage with it in a way that makes them tons of money, but also kind of alters trend cycles. Um, so the massive amount of people that have been influenced through TikTok is crazy to the point where certain products will be sold out. I saw a video last week of a girl talking about this hand soap that she used at a restaurant and she said that it was the most incredible hand soap she ever used in her life scent wise and she reached out to the company at the time and asked them if they were going to make it into a scent and they told her no and so she was just very disappointed and was essentially telling the story and telling the audience you know i wanted everybody to know this because maybe if enough people feel this way they'll make it into a scent and so I went to her profile because I was curious if there was a follow-up because as things go online, there typically is. And the company sent her PR and they sent her a scent for um, the hand soap. And she said like, oh, it's not exact, but you know, it's like, it's pretty close. And this, this is the scent, like it's incredible. Um, and was, you know, thanking the company and that kind of thing. And if you did, I 
did a deeper dive into that whole situation and it turns out she works for that company. So being influenced has become elaborate in that way where you feel like there's something you're missing out on and you just want to see if it's as good as this person says. There's plenty of situations like that and then you go to that company's website and everything is sold out and the video had you know a few million views and you would never know you would have no idea you would go your whole life thinking like oh this girl made like such a good recommendation um just because like you know out of the goodness of her heart almost and there you are you were duped you were influenced <laughs> um the whole ugg boot um like slipper trend is also something that i found really funny i've worn the ugg slippers you guys know the ones um, for a few years now because it's what we used to wear at work because our workplace was very cold and they were the only shoes that were like comfortable and warm, easy to put on, whatever, whatever. So I've had mine for about three years and I need a new pair really badly. I've needed a new pair really badly for a bit. And when I went to go buy them, they were completely sold out and they were sold out for a while because they became trendy on TikTok. And prior to this, people would tell me that my slippers were super ugly. They'd be like, those aren't cute. Like, why do you wear them? You know, it was this kind of thing where ugly things become trendy and now everybody wants them and they're no longer ugly. Again, being influenced in mass. If the person next to you happens to like this thing or even pretends to like this thing, you're more likely to pretend to like this thing too because it's trendy, because you were influenced. So with that, the whole de-influencing trend is necessary but fascinating. So we're going to talk about that a little bit too. I've seen this kind of, you know, become another greater trend on TikTok, de-influencing your life, sort of people telling you, I was influenced to buy X, Y, and Z, and this is why you don't need to buy X, Y, and Z, because it didn't change my life. Um, they weren't as incredible as everybody says. It's not that serious kind of vibe. So to have these people, this is now their, this is now their niche, these people who are coming out and saying, I'm going to help you de-influence your life. These are the things that you don't need, and then these are the things that you actually do need. This is their niche. They are now influencers. <laughs> they are now using their platform of, I talk about de-influencing your life as a point of influence, right? And oftentimes, they will give you alternatives that are more, quote-unquote, useful than the original product that they were talking about. And again, another form of influencing, this sort of circular logic of I'm going to tell you what you don't need, but then I'm going to tell you what you do need because this is actually worth it, not that other thing. It's super, super weird that this is the way the internet works. And we eat it up every single time because we think we're being fed something new. We think we're being fed something genuine. I feel like that's a big part of what I get, I'm getting at is that there's this need and this want, there's this massive desire online for a feeling of something genuine. And we see it all the time as a collective, we love somebody who's relatable. And I think we all can think of that person who comes to mind, it's Emma Chamberlain. When she was first getting started on YouTube, building a platform, everybody thought she was so relatable. And they were like, this girl could literally be me. She could literally be my best friend because we're so alike. And as her life evolved and as she gained influence, gained popularity, 
gained money, she is now an actual celebrity, right? She was in Architectural Digest. She's a legitimate celebrity. People know who she is. She became completely unrelatable. And there was a, a point in time where people didn't want to support her simply because she had reached a certain point, point where she was no longer relatable. And they just felt like that was no longer genuine and that everything she did past that point could not possibly be genuine anymore. This like whole culture of posting photo dumps on Instagram to seem like my life is so casual and, you know, I'm so effortless and cool, but everything is very curated and tailored. This whole claw clip, messy hair, you know, oh my God, I'm in such a rush, but it's curated. I sat in the mirror and I got the messy hair perfect for 20 minutes, you know, um, we like crave this this sort of genuineness. We crave something to feel real when it is not really their job to give us something real. If you're making content online, maybe this is hypocritical, but you're not feeding people something that's real because they wouldn't buy it, right? And we all know that. We all actively do know that fact. We all know that we should take influencers' words with a grain of salt because they have plenty of underlying motives that they don't necessarily need to tell us the truth all the time um, because regardless, we're going to have to take their word for it, right? But it's fascinating that the whole de-influencing trend is sort of this explicit desire for genuineness that we're all feeding into because we're craving it while actively sort of making it not genuine as a collective <laughs> and falling into the trap of still this thing is still really curated and polished and it's still not genuine and it's super hard to be genuine on the internet it's near impossible these days and let's say you are there comes a point where you no longer feel genuine and you no longer feel like a real person you feel like this internet figure and it happens all the time with people who you know get really popular on the internet off of very simple things maybe like get ready with me is um day in the life content, just content that feels very, oh, I do that. That's something I would do. That's how I spent my day. And then they make a ton of money off of it and they start living a very different life than the one that they were used to. And now they're no longer relatable and they lose all their viewership because their viewership was built off of this brand of genuineness. It's kind of wild and sort of unfortunate that the internet works this way and i think most big creators fall victim to this and there's no real way to avoid it in my head at least um, unless you're selling a pipe dream from the start and you just never give that up or you be genuine for a while and then fake being genuine once you have lots of money um and pretend you're still living that life that you did in the past it's it's you know it's a double-edged sword because either way you go with those things, you're going to lose viewership. You're going to lose something in the process, right? Um, but the whole de-influencing trend and that whole sphere of the internet right now is really fascinating to me because it's not really accomplishing anything. It's sort of extending the reach of influencers to kind of a bigger umbrella, a bigger audience of people who are sort of sick of influencers but can still be reached via influencing. Um I just think it's really, really like, we're starting off with a really light topic. Um, and if this isn't light, I'm so sorry. But this feels like something that, you know, we can kind of 
chat about. I can chat about here for a little bit. Um, for our first episode of the pod, kind of laying the basis of what the hell goes on on the internet. Um, and that's pretty much all I have to say about that, guys. I just wanted to, you know, first episode to be casual, a little laid back, a little let's talk about this weird thing that we all experience and we all see. Um, and again, laying the groundwork for what is the internet? What do people do on the internet? What is influencing? Why are we influencing? Who is being influenced? And if you want to talk about age groups and stuff, obviously it's a certain demographic. Um, even though TikTok has now, I don't think TikTok reaches a specific demographic anymore. I feel like they hit everybody at this point because I, when I'm you know, commuting, there are adults scrolling through TikTok, teenagers scrolling through TikTok, young children scrolling through TikTok on the train car next to me, right? It's a very weird, all-encompassing place. So I thought it was a good jumping off point. Um, that's about it. I'm not going to continue to ramble. I hope you guys enjoyed this even a little bit. I hope maybe you like are now thinking about the whole de-influencing trend a little bit differently and with a bit clearer eyes um, and looking at it a bit more suspiciously. Either way, um, I'll definitely be here next time. Uh, I hope you guys enjoyed official episode one. It's rough. I'm still getting used to this. This is still weird as hell, but I'm doing my best, okay? Um, hope this was sufficient. Hope it's not too long. I hope you guys have a lovely day, and I will definitely be seeing you next time. Bye-bye.